the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The word gospel comes from two English words, good spell. It it, it means that you're spelling out good things. Now, in the Greek, I want you to write this down. The gospel means good news. That's in the Greek, all right? English, it's good spell. You're telling good things. Now, by definition, I want you to write this down according to what we just read. The gospel defined, definition, it's the good news of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment. But first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word. How many of you have enjoyed the series through 1 Corinthians? How many of you have enjoyed, enjoyed the series? Well, today's message is entitled, What is the Gospel? If someone were to ask you, what is the gospel, you should be able to answer that question. Now, I had a little video. We didn't get it edited in time. I asked people, what is the gospel? I heard all kinds of crazy answers. Someone said it's a song, it's the truth, it's the word, it's God, it's Jesus. I had all kinds of answers. So I want to ask you this again. If I ask you what is the gospel, you should be able to answer that question. I want to show you uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Paul wrote to the church at Rome. We're studying what he wrote to Corinth. But what he wrote to Rome were these words, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Everybody say gospel. Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. In other words, no one is getting saved without the gospel. You can't get saved without the gospel. That's why you should know what it is. Look at that verse again. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. 
first for the Jew. I'm always amazed by whenever I'm talking to a Jewish person, invite them to church. They go, I can't come, I'm Jewish. I go, hey, the whole church, the Bible, it's all for you. First for you. And then it's for who? Uh, The Gentile. So I want to get back to the question, what is the gospel? And I want you to take your Bibles and let's look at 1 Corinthians 15. And just to kind of catch you up to speed if you weren't here, the, la- the previous five chapters, chapters 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, those five chapters were all about stuff that was going on in the worship service there in Corinth. When we come to chapter 15, it's more of a doctrinal chapter, and it's called, you might want to write this down somewhere in your Bible, Chapter 15 is called the resurrection chapter. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is called what? What's chapter 13 called? The love chapter. It's all about love, all right? We looked at that last week. Chapter 15 is all about the resurrection. And the reason that Paul addresses the resurrection, if you go down and look at verse 12, chapter 15, verse 12, There were actually people, and I don't know, I don't even know how this is possible, but there were people in the church. I don't know how you got in the church not believing this. But there were people in Corinth in the church that did not believe in the resurrection. So Paul, after talking about all the stuff's going on in the worship service, he dives into a doctrinal issue for those in the church that did not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ because he certainly has to answer that. Now, on a time frame, this is about 20 years after Jesus had actually resurrected. All right, now when we look back, when you look back at the resurrection, you're looking back, it was 2,000 years ago. (laughs) That was a long time ago. For the church at Corinth, it was only 20 years ago. And Paul had come to Corinth and had started a church, preached all about the resurrection, and now he's been gone for about five years. So it's, it's 20 years after the resurrection. It's only five years after Paul had been there. And so he writes to remind them of one of the basic truths of the church, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's why you have this whole chapter. And most churches in America on Easter the text usually comes from chapter 15 because it's the resurrection chapter. Now let's look at a few verses here uh, and see how he begins. Verse 1. He says, brothers, I've I, I got to remind you of something. I want to remind you of the gospel. Say gospel again. That I preached to you, which was five years ago, which you received. Five years ago you accepted it. You received it. You believed it. You took a stand. You've taken a stand on that. Look at verse 2. By this gospel, he's not explained what it is yet. He says, but by this gospel, you are what? You were saved by this gospel. If you hold firmly to the word that I preached to you five years ago. Otherwise, you have believed in what? vain in other words what he's saying there is if you don't believe in the resurrection of jesus christ (laughs) i don't care what you believe it's worthless 
You've believed in vain if you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now here it is in verse 3 and 4. For what I received, which you received from the Lord, I passed on to you as of first, first importance. This is supreme. And here it is. Here's the gospel. You want to know what it is? This is it. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 4, that he was what? Buried. And that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. Now in your notes, okay, in your sermon notes, the word gospel comes from two English words, good spell. It, it, It means that you're spelling out good things, you're writing out good things, you're telling, you're telling good things. Now in the Greek, I want you to write this down, the gospel means good news. That's in the Greek, all right? English, it's good spell. You're telling good things. The Greek word, it's actually good news. Everyone say good news. Now, by definition, I want you to write this down according to what we just read. The gospel, defined, definition, it's the good news, it's the good news of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, that, that, that almost sounds strange. How is that good news, someone dying? The good news of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, the best news the world has ever heard came from a graveyard outside of Jerusalem. In Matthew 28, when you heard these words, he is not here, he has risen. That, my friend, is good news. Now, good news cannot be good news unless there's the possibility of bad news. I will explain. If the fires come over the hills again and you are evacuated from your house, you do not know if your house is being burned up in the flames or not. You're wondering. You grab a few things and you're evacuated. And hopefully you get a phone call that says, I got some good news. And the reason the news is good is because your house could have burned down. And so when he says to you, I got some good news, your house did not burn down. Oh, do I feel better? Because the good news was made good because the bad news could have been really bad. Here's another illustration. You have a loved one might be sitting right next to him right now. And they get sick and they have to go to the hospital and they have to have an emergency uh, operation. The operation is supposed to take three hours and you're in the you're in the waiting room and you wait three hours and the doctor doesn't come out and then you wait four hours he still didn't come out after five hours a nurse comes out and says we're sorry uh, there's some complications this is taking longer than we thought and you wait six hours you wait seven hours and at the end of eight hours you are beside yourself and the doctor walks through he takes off his gown and his mask he wipes the sweat off his brow And you're like, (laughs) and he says, good news. So he says, good news. Oh, thank you, God. And the reason the good news is good 
is because the bad news could have been really bad. So when the gospel, whenever you hear that the gospel is good news, it's good news, the death, burial, and resurrection, it's considered good news. It's good news because there's a lot of bad news at stake. You say, well, what's the bad news that makes it good? You get a hint of it down in verse 3 where it says that Christ died for our sins. Now stay with me. The good news is good news based upon the bad news of sin. I will explain. The Bible explains. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. I want you to say all have sinned. All have sinned. We have all sinned. We've all missed the mark. We are all sinners. Look around. We're all sinners. There's no perfect people here. Does anybody see angel wings on anybody's back? No. We're all sinners. We're big sinners, little sinners, tall sinners, short sinners, rich sinners, poor sinners, educated sinners, uneducated sinners, USC, all sinners. UCLA, perfection. No, 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 no. UCLA, all sinners. We have dog-loving sinners. We have cat-loving sinners. The Bible, when it says that all have sinned, it means all of us. Okay, I got that. We've all sinned. Well, here, why is that bad news? The bad, it's bad because of Romans six twenty three, and I want you to write this down. It says, for the wages... If you don't work, you don't know what that word means probably. But for the wages, and it's kind of hard to understand, the wages of sin is death. And I've listed six. I could give you more in case that word wage seems confusing to you uh, that you could replace uh, and put in place of the word wage. That that verse says, for the results of sin is death. The consequences of sin is death. The rewards of sin is death. The paycheck, how's that? The paycheck of sin is death. The penalty of sin is death. The end game of sin is death. The wages of sin, sin equals death. We've all sinned, okay, okay. But the Bible says that the penalty, the reward of that sin is death. And there's three things. You've got to write all three down. You've got to get all three. First of all, uh, physical death, spiritual death, and eternal death. Sin leads. The reason, the, the reason sin is bad news is because it leads to death. First of all, physical. Okay? If you just, you're here and you're engaged in sin and you are willingly and openly engaged in sin and you don't care what God says or God thinks, eventually that sin will wear you out and break your body down and cause your entire body to shut down. I don't have time to go into all that, but sin causes physical death. Number two, it causes spiritual death. Sin separates us from God. And I, and, and I you know, I, I'm just kind of sharing what I think. I don't know of anything worse in this life than to go through this life being separated by God. Now, I know, I know people do it all the time. They're going to live their life, I don't need God. Okay, 
I'm going to do what I want, like you're greater than God. Go ahead. I'm not going to do that. I can't, I, I have enough struggles on my own. I, I, I'm a child of God and I struggle. I cannot imagine trying to live my life on this earth separated by an almighty God. I want to be close to God. I, I want God living in me through the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? And there's only one thing worse than trying to live your life on this earth without God. And that's the third thing that you wrote down, and that is that, that you're going to live for all of eternity without God. You talk about bad news, that's bad news. And it's up against the prospect of bad news that I can say to you, hey, I got some good news. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. We break it down like this, point number one, the death that Jesus died for our sins. I know it's easy to say Jesus died for our sins. But I always look at it that Jesus died for my sin. He died in my place because I've sinned. And the wages of sin is death. I I should have to die for my sins. Because I transgressed against God. And Jesus says, Dudley, you step aside. I will die in your place. And Jesus' blood was an atonement for my sins. For my sins. I got three problems with my sin. Number one, write this down. I have a debt of sin. Because I've sinned in my past. I stand before you because there have been many times in my past I have sinned. And that's a debt. That's a debt that I have, that I owe. And, and, I, I, and Jesus, you know, he, he paid that debt for me, all right? My second problem is I'm defiled by sin right now. That's my present right here, right now, right now. You're looking at a sinner. Just like I'm looking at you, I'm looking at a sinner. It's not just, I wish I could say it was all in my past, but I'm a, I, I'm a sinful man right now. I'm a man of the flesh. I, yes, I have the Spirit of God in me. But, but I, I'm also a man of, of flesh, and so I'm defiled right now by my sin. But I'm also my future. I'm, I'm actually in a dominion. I'm, I'm held in a dominion of sin. Because we're all here of, of the flesh here today. And so I've got past sins. I've got present sins. And I know, I know, you, I know some of you think I'm perfect. I know you do. But sometime tomorrow or the next day or the next week, I, I'm going to have a thought I probably shouldn't have, okay? I, 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 like, I'm going to go through LAX tomorrow. I know I'm going to have some bad thoughts when I get over there. I just, I just know it. Right now, I know it. But I want you to know that, and here's the point, that all of my sins, my past, my present, and my future sins were all placed on Jesus when he went to that cross. Now, there's always the question. Say, Pastor, I don't understand how when Jesus died on a cross that he could cover sins that I haven't even committed yet. I, I understand that, that my past sins have been forgiven. I got that. And I even understand that right now I'm living under the covering of that. But I don't understand where when he died that it's a covering for sins I haven't even committed yet. And what you need to know 
is that when Jesus died on the cross, you hadn't even been born yet. All of your sins were future sins when he died on that cross. And so when he dies, he's covering, he's covering your past, your present, and your future. And I got to tell you, I would be nothing. I would have nothing. Money doesn't matter, okay? It doesn't matter. Uh, a house doesn't matter. A car, no, nothing matters. Nothing matters. If your sins haven't been forgiven. I mean, isn't that the truth? I'd have no hope. I'd have no peace. I'd have no joy. Uh, my family, the church, eh, not, nothing would matter if Jesus hadn't died for my sins. You know what I'd be? I'd be lost. I'd be confused. I'd be guilt-ridden. I'd be broken. I'd live in despair. But all of it, the debt, the defilement, the dominion, all of it is gone because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. Oh, that's good news. Woo! Number two, the burial. He was buried. You ever wonder why the burial is even in this conversation? In the gospel narrative, it's the death, burial, and resurrection. You never hear anyone saying the death of Christ, the death and the resurrection. It's almost like something's missing. It's it's always the death and the burial. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. The death and the burial. The death and the resurrection, something's missing. Yes, it's the death and the burial. You know why the burial part is in there? For a couple reasons. Number one is to prove that he was actually dead. To prove that he had actually died on that cross. The reason why he was placed in that tomb is so that the entire world would know that he did die on that cross. He he was decomposing in that grave. That he actually died on the cross and he was actually buried in a tomb. And it's over. It's final. Death, death had won again he's in the tomb there's a second reason though why the buried thing is always there because our sins are buried in the grave of god's forgetfulness oh that's good right there it's not just that he died for our sins on the cross oh i got that that's the atonement but the burial part for me is symbolic that God not only takes away our sins, not only does God forgive us of our sins, but God chooses to never again even remember our sins. They're buried forever. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I choose to remember your sins no more. That is why he was buried. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. As you can tell from his message tonight, Pastor Dudley has a driving passion to talk about Jesus everywhere he goes and with everyone he meets. So often, a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel. 
Or perhaps they, at one time, experienced the transformation that is only possible through Jesus Christ, but now they're discouraged or in need of hope. If that is you, we invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We have prayer counselors standing by and ready to take your call. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says Monthly Devotional. There is a place on the Monthly Devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. I'm Kyle Welch, hoping you'll join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.